Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I am so happy to be back. We took two weeks off for a summer break. I was in Hawaii, which was truly blissful. I'll be doing an episode on that a little bit later in the month, talking about some summer getaways and wellness hacks. So if you're looking for some vacay inspo, stay tuned on that. And I hope you guys had a great 4th of July weekend. I hope you guys took some time off, hung out with friends, got some sunshine, and all the fun summer things. I sat on my couch and binged Stranger Things for the entire time, which I feel like has just become a really fun 4th of July tradition. Today's episode is all about disruption. With so many startups, so many companies out there, especially in the fashion and beauty spaces, I feel like it can be really difficult to make a splash. But if you want to learn how to make a company from scratch to the point where you're competing with heritage brands like Tiffany's and Bulgari, take a page out of Ring Concierge's book. The company was founded by Nicole Wegman in 2013, and it's a New York City-based fine jewelry and bridal brand that's on a mission to become one of the largest privately held fine jewelry companies in America, also known as the Tiffany's of today's generation. How are they doing that? By offering Harry Winston quality, actually their current head of production came from there, with New York City Diamond District pricing. With over 500,000 followers, the brand has consistently scaled its growth year after year and become the go-to for brides and jewelry lovers alike, designing forever pieces that are both inspirational and attainable. So in this episode, Nicole and I sat down and she tells us her master marketing plan and how she built a brand strong enough to compete with household names. We also talk about some jewelry trends she's seeing right now and her best tips for aspiring entrepreneurs. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you follow us, rate and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in. Have an amazing week ahead, everyone. Here's my conversation with my friend, Nicole Wegman. I'm so excited to have you on. You know, I'm a huge fan of the brand. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's so smart, so innovative and really kind of blurs the lines of, I think, like brand influencer. And there's just so much to be learned from that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I want my listeners to hear kind of your origin story and what the beginnings were of this amazing empire that you've built. So can you take us back to the beginning of Ring Concierge? I founded the company 10 years ago. I had just gone through the engagement ring shopping process myself. I don't know if you've ever walked 47th Street in the district in New York City before. If you have, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, I would avoid it at all costs. But Or just watch Uncut Gems. No, I mean, perfect. Yes, it literally does still feel that way. I mean, minus the like fraud and murder and like all of that, you can skip that piece of it. But it is just like this, (laughs) it's this super old school, opaque industry that doesn't feel like it's changed in 100 years. It probably really hasn't. Everything's done with like a handshake deal and you've got to know somebody. And so 
I was walking the diamond district with my now husband, trying to figure out where do we go for a diamond? You know, this is a significant purchase for most couples. It is the biggest purchase they've ever made in their lives, unless they already have bought a home. So it's a big deal. It's, it's a big deal financially, Huge. yeah, financially, emotionally, you know, you want it to look good. There's a lot of pressure. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know if we could trust anyone. We didn't like the setting styles. It was completely male dominated. There were no women. And we also went to like Harry Winston and Tiffany and some of those beautiful stores couldn't afford anything, like nothing. I would have walked away with half a carrot and spent way too much money. Absolutely. And so we, no doubt. Yeah. So we ended up finding an antique ring that I fell in love with and that that all worked out, but it really sparked the idea in my mind that there needed to be a woman owned and operated and run company focusing on engagement rings that understood how millennials like to shop and what their style was and utilize social media and e-commerce because none of this was happening 10 years ago in jewelry. Like it truly wasn't. And so I started the company with bridal in mind and that's why it's called ring concierge because I thought, okay, I will basically serve as this engagement ring concierge for men and help them navigate this super weird industry. It has since evolved into something very different. You know, now we sell our own engagement rings and we have a huge website with every kind of jewelry you could ever imagine. So it really evolved into this all-encompassing fine jewelry brand, but that's what started it. And it still really is our brand ethos to focus on women, to market towards women, to encourage women to shop for themselves. We are female run, you know, we're the vast majority of our team are still women. So we really do believe in this. And it, I think it comes through when you follow us on social or shop the website or experience the brand at all. Totally. It feels way more relatable than any other jewelry brand that I'm looking at. And on that note, I've seen on your website that you guys could be one of the largest privately owned jewelry brands in the next five years, which is truly crazy when you think about it. Because in my mind, when I think of jewelry, I think especially expensive jewelry, engagement rings, anything along those lines, it feels really elusive and it feels exclusive in a, in a sense. It's not accessible to everybody. It feels like this incredibly luxurious, you know, act that isn't available to everybody. And I remember when I first saw your brand and seeing it called a ring concierge, I was like, that's such an interesting window into a market that a lot of people don't have. What were your insights and kind of where was your head at when you were approaching this very luxurious industry with a little bit more of a consumer customer service base, friendly, accessible ethos in mind? Yeah. I mean, I think what we do is so different because we do want it to feel obtainable and accessible. And by default, we're luxury, right? We're selling gold and diamonds and platinum. So the materials alone and how well they're constructed make us a, you know, a luxury company, but I think the bigger question is what is luxury today? It doesn't have to mean you should be nervous to come shop with us. It doesn't have to mean only the uber wealthy can afford us. And so we really redefined this term. And I think that's what makes us feel so approachable. Like you mentioned, we work really, really hard to have a really sharp opening price point. So the website has pieces for under a hundred dollars. We certainly go up. I mean, we go up into the seven figures. So there is kind of something for everybody, but we want to see people in our jewelry. We don't want to mark it up 300, 400% like other brands might. We keep margins really tight. And so you could be 22 and you just graduated college and you got your first job and you want to treat yourself. You know, you can afford a $70 stud or you could be, you know, maybe 
in your mid thirties and you're married and you want an upgrade ring and you're now looking for like a five carat diamond. We can do all of that. And we try to be really welcoming. The service is amazing, but never standoffish. We're not pushy. So I think all of this, none of this is so novel, I think in the fashion world, but when it comes to luxury and some of these heritage brands, they don't really operate that way. And we don't believe in that at all. It's interesting that you just brought up fashion because I think about that with your brand. And I think about the way that social media and Instagram and all of these platforms have really lifted the veil on things that used to be very exclusive, very tightly held. And I think that that's something today that, you know, even, you know, when I think about your competitors, I wonder who do you feel your competitors are? Because I know we know like Blue Nile and we know the K's of the world. They're the Tiffany's, Bulgari's of the world. Where do you think Ring Concierge sits in that? Because to me, it's such a disruptive brand. You guys truly are building something luxury that's on par with the Harry Wisdoms of the world, but feels accessible. So who do you feel is your competition? That's a great question. And I don't think there's, there isn't just one answer. So we, we're not going to, you know, there's not one retailer I could look at and say, okay, this is our competitor because it's much broader than that. And that's because we do offer so much. And what's the most interesting that we found through extensive research and surveying and understanding our customers and where else they shop, our biggest competition is not a Tiffany or a Blue Nile or some of these really big publicly traded companies. It's actually just the local jeweler, which makes up 90% of the industry in the US. Only 10% of the industry is captured by these larger companies like K's and those types of brands. Yeah. So it's extremely fragmented. And it's because I think people want that personal connection and they want that high level of service and they want to be able to trust who they're buying their jewelry from. And they also don't want to pay the heritage brand markup, which is price prohibitive for you know, 99% of people. 90% of right, like very, very, very few people can go into Harry Winston as much as they would like to. So we are finding our biggest competition is actually the local jeweler. But what we have that they don't would be like a very desirable brand you know, we're a big name and our styles are really, really cool. And we're trendsetters and our prices are in line with their prices, but our quality is literally like incredible, incredible Harry Winston quality. Our head of production comes from Harry Winston, for example. So we offer kind of everything you could ever want in one store and our big focus and why we think we can become one of the biggest privately held jewelry brands and capture so much market share is because we're offering what the local jeweler offers in terms of comfort, price, and service, but then we're offering a quality and a perspective and a brand name that, you know, these heritage brands offer. So kind of a convoluted answer. It's not that clear because I don't think we actually have a direct competitor to compare ourselves to. We'll be right back after a quick break. With summer being here, I feel like I have a million things on my agenda from beach days to soirees, parties, work events, vacation plans, and so many more. And with all of that comes with having to get ready for it all. And there is one important thing that I am always using in my closet. It's my monthly clothing rental subscription with Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $88 a month. You get your choice of any six styles each month, and you'll get to choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands, everything from party dresses to premium denim and one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. Newly stock styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus size up to 5X plus maternity. 
They carry labels like For Love and Lemons, Love Shack Fancy, Lisa Says Ga, Free People, Anthropology, and many more. You'll get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for us to worry about. You'll also get the option to buy what you love at a discount, sometimes up to 70% off. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the new season. You can say yes to all of the summer trends like Y2K throwbacks, sets, checker prints, crochet, without feeling that fast fashion ick. Plus, it is super sustainable. Orders are shipped in recycled, recyclable, and reusable totes with no plastic packaging. Clothes are cleaned using energy and water-efficient methods, and most importantly, styles are repaired and upcycled rather than thrown out. It's a win-win for your closet, the planet, and our checking accounts. Newly's Shared Closet helps curb that must-buy-something-new feeling you get when there are exciting events on the calendar while still giving you new things to wear all the time. Newly's already a great value at $88 a month for six styles, but right now you can get $10 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FRIEND10. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code FRIEND10 and sign up to get $10 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code FRIEND10. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Vitamins can be really tricky. We don't always know what we're taking or if it's working, but not anymore. I love Ritual Vitamins because I know they are scientifically proven to make a difference in my body. Did you know that over 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and that 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Those gaps in the diet should not be ignored, which is why I started taking Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. They come in the cutest bottles, they're clear, and here's what I love about it. It's a transparent daily multivitamin that's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. It's so good that they actually invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. The result? It was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. Rachel's committed to third-party testing from USP and the non-GMO project, They're made traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients and always clear communication. No shady stuff or things I can't pronounce. It's my all-in-one vitamin that lets me know my body is getting all of its nutrients. They also just released their Symbiotic Plus, a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics, all in one minty capsule. Did I mention they taste amazing? Just one delayed release Symbiotic Plus capsule per day supports your gut and gives it all the quality and traceability you'd expect from Ritual. It's truly my one-stop shop for health. Right now, Ritual's offering you guys 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com backslash friend and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com backslash friend. Now let's get back to the show. You were talking about something earlier that I'm super curious about. I have so many friends who are starting brands and, you know, who want, want to be successful, of course, but I loved hearing you say that you have amazing quality, but your prices are not as marked up as everywhere else. Do you ever feel like you had to sacrifice something to make both of those work? No, because it really depends on the piece in the category, right? So when you're talking about bridal, engagement rings are worn every single day. You wear them, you know, in theory forever. So that's where we really focus on having it be made to the best of the best. So we, every single ring is handmade in New York City by a master bench jeweler overseen by our head of production who has this incredible background. So we really stand by the quality of that. And you don't have to have an insane markup to achieve that. You just have to have the right people to work with, with the right experience, and figure out how to create a business model that can survive off of fair markups and not this insane margin that some of these heritage brands work off of. 
And then on the flip side, we have all of the online jewelry, which is still incredible quality, but because we are making it in larger quantities, we're able you know, to get bigger bulk discounts on our end when it comes to manufacturing and then extend those discounts to our customers. So that's how across the board, we really keep prices as accessible as they can be when it comes to fine jewelry. I love that business model. I don't think a lot of people think about it. I think they think, okay, mark it up. You're going to have high margins, whatever it is, but it really is about your people. Finding the best people that you can surround yourself with that are experts in their field are actually going to be how you get your quality at the end of the day. Yeah. And you know, our goal is volume. Our goal is not to just sell a few pieces here and there and to mark them up as much as possible. We want to reach as many people as possible. We want to be a brand that everyone thinks of when you're getting engaged and everyone thinks of when you're buying a gift or purchasing for yourself. And to be that household name when it comes to buying jewelry. And the only way to get there is to reach as wide as we can. And so you have to keep prices fair because otherwise people can just walk into their local jeweler and get a better deal. You guys are reaching pretty far. You have half a million followers on Instagram. Just every time I go on there, I feel like I'm witnessing such a massive community. People are so in tune with your brand, but they're also really in tune with you. And it's interesting to me because I do feel like in today's world, we see the influencer to brand model. That's super common. I've had so many influencers on here who started off with huge profiles, went on to start brands, and they're all really successful. I feel like you did it the other way around. And I love what you were saying with the idea that you are that person that they're going in town to meet with at their local jeweler. Because I do feel that way about you, just witnessing your life on Instagram and how you so seamlessly bring the two in together. It doesn't feel forced in any way. It feels like it's a natural integration of your life. I would love to hear a little bit about your strategy with that and how bringing in something that feels so accessible and so personal has been a benefit to selling something that is luxury. Yeah, it all started to happen organically and accidentally, truthfully. So in the very beginning, I showed myself on Instagram because I acted as the model. I couldn't afford models. It didn't make sense to hire them. And so I was playing around with social media being a tool for growth, for organic growth. And it wasn't really done much in the jewelry space. So I would just show the pieces on myself. And obviously when you're taking pictures of yourself, you want to look good. You want your outfit to be cute. You have a good background. And so it started to slowly evolve where followers as Instagram grew, followers would start to ask, what are you wearing? What's your nail polish color? And the more I tested and played around with it, the more I realized they really cared about, you know, the person in the pictures and the person behind the brand. And so over the 10 years, it's evolved through testing and me kind of deciding I'm going all in and I'm just going to show my life because people want it. It's evolved into me almost acting as an influencer and definitely being the personality of Rain Concierge and a very, very public facing founder. And so it's almost difficult to think of Rain Concierge and not also think of me. Right. And yeah, and it's, it, it's definitely strategic because a personality led brand we've found, you can keep your advertising costs down. You can increase transparency and increase trust definitely. in conversion by just exposing more of yourself. So I don't really see a version of ring concierge without this happening. And, you know, like you said, I wasn't an influencer first. It really happened in the reverse and I'm comfortable with it. I don't mind it. Clearly I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it, but that really is the evolution and why it came to be. There was another marketing moment that you guys had that was obviously a bummer, but I loved and thought was just a creative triumph. Your West Village store was robbed which in and of itself is 
absolutely insane. And I feel like the average person in that moment would be completely like frazzled and out of it and not be able to even think besides going to crisis mode. You guys turned the entire thing into a campaign and ended up selling, I think it was like four times the amount that you usually do on your website, which is absolutely insane. I want to hear a little bit about this experience and just kind of pick your brain on the entrepreneurial mindset that you have to have to be able to accomplish that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, so we were robbed. No. So <laughs> yeah. So she was so happy responding to that. She was like, yeah. So people came and robbed my store. Yeah. So we were robbed. Yeah. No. So we got a call um, in the middle of the night that our West village store had been broken into and burglarized. And, you know, luckily no one was hurt, which was what was most important. None of this would have been funny or fun or anything we would have made light of if someone got injured. So it was really just a matter of it. That's a shame. It's inconvenient, you know, but this is why we have insurance. And the next morning I decided to share why the store was closed. I think most brands would just say, Oh, we're closed for repairs and not say anything. And I said, you know, I'm going to tell people why it's not a big deal. This is the truth. This is what happened. So I said, you know, the store shut down for a few days. We were broken into last night. We don't know when it's going to reopen. And we just started to see this flood of DMS and story views just like skyrocketed. I think that particular story received the most DM, like the most replies we've ever gotten on any story ever. And I'm like, okay, people are very invested in what's happening with this store right now. And so the marketing, the, the ring concierge marketing team, their like marketing brains started to spin and they're like, I think there's something we can do with this. And they all of a sudden went into just like creative mode. And it just so happened. We had these campaign images we had yet to use that were burglary themed. And it was like this chic woman, you know, robbing a vault covered in diamonds, obviously like very dramatic and not realistic. And so, right. It was perfect timing that we had these and hadn't used them yet. So we turned over the whole homepage to be burglary themed. We had these tote bags printed out that had this, you know, woman on the, on the front, this model on the front, we had all of these fake newspapers made. So by the time the store reopened, which luckily only took two days to replace all the glass, the whole store and the website and all of our messaging had been turned over into like, we've been robbed or back. You can't hold us back type of a theme, like empowerment. And so it was extremely well-received. There was like a line around the corner to get into the store. Everyone's running around the West Village with these tote bags that say like ring concierge and have the burglar. And I think the point was to like turn lemonade, lemons into lemonade type of a thing. You don't have to sit and be upset. You don't have to cry about it. How can we make this into an okay, this crappy thing into an okay experience? And it ended up being amazing. And I think it's just this, transparency and honesty that is hard to find right now. And especially, especially in the luxury category. I mean, you're not going to see Chanel like running around with like a, a, we've been robbed poster. It's just, it's not heard of. And it was refreshing and people loved it and it ended up working really well. I almost owe the burglars like a commission check or something because revenue was amazing that weekend. I, we really can't complain at the end of the day. We'll be right back after a quick break. As a dog parent, I know that we only want to give our dogs the absolute best, but finding the best has been for far too long, way too difficult. When I was looking for dog food for Bodhi, I had a really hard time. After looking at the labels of so many well-known dog foods, I was truly shocked. There is so much in those recipes that I had never heard of or that I actually learned wasn't so great for our dogs. So I just started using this dog food called Sundays for Dogs, and I wanted to share it with you guys because I have been noticing 
such a big difference. His energy, how excited he is when he eats, and how he actually prefers it to all of his other dog food. If your dog suffers from a bad stomach, is sensitive to foods, or just a picky eater, I really recommend trying Sundays for Dogs. It's the way to go, and it helped me find Bodie the food that he loves the most. Sundays was actually founded by a vet who wanted to find the best food for her dog, too. Dogs love Sundays because it's an air-dried jerky that tastes and feels like a treat. It's fresh nutrition that's just as easy to feed as kibble, but it's actually healthier than kibble and easier to prepare than home-cooked foods, too. I'm always on the go, especially over the summer, from beach days to road trips, so I love that I don't have to carry all of this kibble with me. It's made with only whole, all-natural ingredients and zero synthetic or artificial ingredients, so I love knowing that he's getting only the best of the best. Sundays is over 90% fresh meat, organs, and bones, so of course, dogs love it. In fact, in a blind taste test against the best-selling premium dog foods, dogs preferred Sundays 20 to zero. Sunday's food is also 40% less expensive than most brands at just $2 a day. Just go to their website and you can customize your plan in just 60 seconds. You'll enter their name, dietary restrictions, preferences, and they'll concoct the perfect recipe for your furry friend. I can't wait for you guys to try it, but use my code when you do. Use code FRIEND at checkout for 35% off your first purchase, plus free shipping, and a 100% money-back guarantee. Visit sundaysfordogs.com backslash friend. Now let's get back to the show. After being robbed... You turned this marketing campaign out. I believe you made close to $20,000 just off of web sales from it, which is so incredible off of such a moment that could feel so catastrophic to a lot of people. Is there a specific skill or part of your personality that you feel like you have that has allowed you to have so much tenacity as an entrepreneur? I don't often get upset. It takes a lot for me to get upset. Like it really doesn't happen in business. I mean, I'll get frustrated, but I never feel down and I never feel like I don't know how to move forward. And I think this is just a natural piece of my personality. I'm not sure. Maybe I've developed it over time and I don't even realize it, but I never look at things and say like, oh my gosh, I don't know how we're going to come out of this. And so I think staying positive and always figuring out how to pivot and move forward is the key to being an entrepreneur because there's a million things that are going to go wrong. That's the whole point. No one's ever done it before. You're starting a business. You are going to make mistakes. There are going to be things out of your control. And it's really how you handle those and how you learn from them and whether or not you let them make you feel defeated. That is going to be the make it or break it, in my opinion, in being successful as an entrepreneur. I totally agree. That malleability, not being stubborn, not getting fixated on anything, knowing that anything and everything can change at any moment and being that flexible, I feel like is such an important thing. Totally. And I think that's what's gotten us through the past 10 years. And everyone on the team has this mindset. When we hire, we talk to people about you've got to be okay with change. You've got to work hard. You've got to move fast and obviously be you know, really strong in your role. But then you also have to be ready for us to just change everything in a moment's notice. Oh, boom. All of a sudden we're in physical retail. So yeah, we really look to hire people that have that same mindset. So when as management, we do throw these curveballs, everybody's ready to pivot and move forward. And nobody feels like, I don't know how to make this type of change and like no inflexibility in the mindsets. Right. I love that. You guys are incredibly ahead of the curve in terms of marketing with social media and beyond. I obviously feel like I already know you based on just your social media presence and how I've gotten to know the brand, but also your digital strategy and your offerings on your website are beyond. 
I think I was on there for like an hour the other day, just like trying on random rings, tried on a few engagement rings just for fun. You guys can go basically go onto our website right now and do like VR ring try on if you're not in New York and you can't go see them right now. But it's basically an entire VR experience where like you fully put your finger out there and the ring looks like it's actually on your finger. It's very trippy and crazy. But from that to obviously virtual consultations, I feel like you guys are just so forward thinking with getting yourselves in front of new consumers and providing an edge. And I wonder how you feel about, you know, this current moment that we're in with Web3 and just being able to expand into new avenues with how to connect with your audience virtually. We are constantly trying to figure out how to improve the user experience. And the virtual try-on is newer for us and we want to get that you know, as strong as possible and really make it so you can try to stack and understand what everything's going to look like. You know, oh, we're that would be it. so cool. I love this one part about your website. I remember the first time that I went on there, the entire front page was about elevating your everyday. And I feel like that's just like, so not something people are like, oh, come buy jewelry for that one special thing. And I was like, no, like I want the perfect stack. So being able to do like a VR build my stack would be a dream come true. Yeah, we really want to focus on that. And yeah, the everyday jewelry is the reality. People aren't necessarily buying things for special occasions the way they used to. And I think especially during COVID, that really shifted. Jewelry purchasing didn't shop, but you had nowhere to go. So it did shift into everyday jewelry and even really blingy pieces like a tennis necklace or a tennis bracelet. People just started wearing them casually every day. And so we really wanted the online experience to be amazing, especially virtually and especially during COVID. And we've always been ahead of the curve when it comes to working with clients remotely for bridal or selling jewelry online, which really wasn't a big thing when I first started, or even getting people comfortable, you know, purchasing through Instagram. So we're always trying to stay at the forefront. We're constantly testing. I think that's key is testing and not everything's going to work. But if you're not testing, you're surely not going to grow and you're surely not going to stay ahead of the curve and thinking through new social media channels and even things really interesting that we're starting to toy with. We're not very far would be like live shopping. That's, you know, a new trend right now. That's a big thing right now. I see it popping up everywhere. Like I hear TikToks merging into it. There is that one platform pop. What's it called? Pop. Have you heard of it? It's like pop something pop shop live, something like that. And they do a ton of the entire platform is live shopping. I see so much of that right now. I think that's going to be a major, major, major wave for digital marketing in the next five years. I totally agree. And we've already done little versions of this. We've tested. It's not really live shopping, but we did, we would do little one of a kind flash sales on stories and we would give people warning, you know, at 7 PM, we're going to be selling these three one of a kind diamonds and we're going to reveal them at 7 PM and it's first come first serve DM us with what you want. We'll answer your questions. And it's the first people that pay for them. Those are your diamonds. And whenever we do this, it's super successful. We've done it with diamonds, with one of a kind, fine jewelry pieces. And so there is this desire for almost like QVC style, but obviously that's not like a very sexy example, but I mean, QVC, the, the new age QVC is coming. I feel like there have been many different iterations of trying to get it done, but I feel like all these platforms are on the brink of figuring it out because think about it like QVC. Okay. Like obviously is a very specific demographic, but imagine if that was available on Instagram. Like imagine if we were watching stuff like that on Instagram. 
Exactly. Yeah. And these story tests were essentially our version of that and they were so successful. So there's clearly a demand. And now how do we get it more formalized? How do we scale this? How do we do it in a way that's not just these one-off, you know, diamonds here and there. So that is something it's still very preliminary, but something we're focusing on in terms of, you know, a digital way to, to sell and that's fun and engaging and new. I mean, if you can capture someone's attention on Instagram for more than three seconds, I think that is like, that is real powerful marketing to me because everyone is just sitting on Instagram, scrolling, liking, scrolling, liking. I can't tell you the last time that I sat on Instagram and maybe watched an Instagram live or watched something that was captivating for more than five, like five seconds and that I was fully sucked into. So this idea of lives, giveaways, all these kind of moments where you're bringing your community together in one centered moment to me is a really powerful method of marketing if you can harness that everyone there for something good. You know, like diamonds, great excuse. But getting people to come together on Instagram like that, I think is something that that is pretty undervalued. Yeah, it's undervalued and it's obviously difficult to do to your point with with attention spans, but it's possible. It's super possible. We've done it before. And so how do we continue to do it in ways that are unexpected and I think, and fun and engaging because otherwise you're not going to get anyone there. Have you seen that people can now subscribe to your Instagram profiles? Oh no, I haven't. I think it's just rolling out because it randomly last week popped up on my notifications page where it would say subscribe to X's channel for exclusive content. And I think that they're now enabling that for creators and probably brands as well to have people who subscribe. I can't tell if it's a paid model because I didn't necessarily kind of go into it yet, but I do think that that's also another way to get your real mega fans in there. Because I think that you, oh, actually I remember, you can do private lives just for the people that subscribe and private stories. And I think they can also get private updates from you, separate from what everyone else is seeing. That's really smart. And I'm I'm curious, you know, kind of why Instagram's going that direction. I'm wondering like, what's the motivation? Because usually they see something somewhere or some other platform. And that's kind of when they implement this new big change. But I feel like, and this might be a little too niche, but to me, it kind of feels like a competition with Substack, which is a subscription email model. You have to basically subscribe to, for example, Hunter Harris, who's an incredible writer, entertainment writer has a Substack and she has like thousands of subscribers that get her newsletter every single week and are kind of following along with like what she finds interesting in the pop culture world. People are making really good money on there because they want that content that they want that immediate connection. And I think Instagram really has that problem right now. We used to be very intimately connected with the people that we follow. And now it's just, I'm getting sponsored posts. I'm getting like suggested posts, people you should follow. I don't feel like I'm connected to the people that I follow anymore. I have to actively go search them. So I feel like this is a way to kind of initiate that intimacy again. But yeah, I I think that that subscription model in my mind has always been coming because how do you create a deeper level of connection with your audience? And I'm sure they're going to monetize it at the end of the day. That's what they're thinking about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's I can sit here and ramble about Instagram accounts all day, but it's really just probably about the money for them. They'll probably take a cut of whatever people pay to subscribe to Ring Concierge. It's interesting though. I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, especially when you do have as many followers as you do and you want to find out maybe who is your dedicated clientele from that. Subscription would probably be an amazing idea for you. I'm sure you know. I'm sure that there are people that talk to you often, but you know, I think if you pay for a subscription to a company, you're a big fan. And so that's probably some amazing data for brands and influencers out there that are looking to 
connect in a deeper way. No, that's a great point. Especially if they're willing, if you're willing to pay or subscribe to something, you're much more willing to actually buy something. You know, you're not just browsing for fun, like you're committed. And so for brands to be able to figure out who those people are is super beneficial. Totally. Before I close out, I want to quickly say one thing, because I feel like if there's anyone who can tell us how to do this correctly, it's you. And I feel like I've been weirdly seeing this all over my Instagram lately. How often should we be cleaning our jewelry? As often as you have time for is truly the answer. If you're yeah, I see this all over my Instagram. People are like cleaning their jewels and they're like, guys, this is gross. Like, why are we not cleaning our jewelry? Well, it depends on how you wear your jewelry. So the first step is you really should be taking everything off when you get home. So especially with diamonds or engagement rings, they get so gross so fast. I know no one ever does this. You're making a face because no one actually does this. <laughs> I do. I am religious about I like it. shower with my stuff. Like, no. I never, the second I get home, I take everything off unless I have like little earrings or a necklace that just don't get in the way. Because if you ever put lotion on your rings, they immediately look dirty and cloudy. It's like so gross. So if you're the type of person that's ever going to take anything off, you should be cleaning at least anything with diamonds once a week. It will be life-changing how much better it will look. If it's just plain gold, it can last a long time before it needs a clean. But even that, you clean it once and you're like, oh, it's shiny again. You're going to be so much happier. You get addicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you take your jewelry off every night and you don't apply lotion when you're wearing, you know, diamonds or whatever, then you can probably do once a month and be fine. Good to know. My friend recently cleaned all her rings and the water was like green. And I was like, oh man. Well, also you spend so much money on these, especially engagement right. rings. And if the ring is dirty, it looks smaller. It doesn't sparkle. You don't notice it. And what was the point in having spent so much time and money on that ring for it to look crappy every day? Like clean your ring. Take care of your stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. Case in point. Thank you so much for coming on. This was super, super informational. It was so awesome to hear about you and the building of the brand. And I'm just such a big fan again. So thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.